When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 139 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in the Rack Shack, nobody, because Chuck's not here, because he's late. He's late, late, late. But on the phone, we have two awesome guys. I'm going to get to that in one second. Let's take care of a little bit of business. First and foremost, Scree Gear. Use code WDP20 to get 20% off your first purchase. Coming into turkey season, you got the temperatures up and down. Marina Wool, it's an awesome layering system. Guys, go check them out. They run weekly sales. It's just absolutely awesome. Next, VIP Archery. Go check out some of the baddest broadheads in the business, guys. Their combat vets are unbelievable. We've been shooting them for years, and this year, Chuck and I both, we're going right after them with the Gobbler Guillotine. So, should be pretty exciting. Turkey season's coming. We're both really excited. It's going to be great. Next. One of the guys we got on the phone, A&F Custom Calls. Some of the baddest turkey calls in the business, man. Get yourself some diaphragm calls. He does everything from custom cuts to your V cuts, your your ghost cuts. I mean, everything. It's absolutely awesome. Go check him out. All the links are in the bio, in the show notes, everything. Check them out. Make sure you guys support our sponsors because they support us, and that's what makes this show roll, and it is exciting. So this is one we've been excited for for a while. We've been... uh Kind of going back and forth for a couple years now. We really wanted to get him on from a really good recommendation from a while ago. We have uh, one of our partners, Kyle Allen, and Mr. Chad Claycomb. How are you guys? Hey, good. Thanks What's for having us. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate it. Absolutely. This is uh, this is exciting, Chad. I had a recommendation for you probably two years ago from a guy I work with. His name's John Griffith. He highly, highly recommended you. And got me turned on to some of your videos. So that is, uh, it's very exciting to have you on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. It'll be fun just talking a little turkey here for a while. For sure, for sure. So people, we've had, you know, Kyle on a little bit. We can do a little bit of intro with him. But for people who have been living under a rock and don't know who you are, Chad, can you give us a little bit of an intro, you know, where you're from, what you do for a living, how you go into turkey hunting, all that fun stuff? Well, uh, I guess I started out turkey hunting at a young age you know probably heck even before i was 12 i was getting out in the woods with my dad my dad was a mainly a fall turkey hunter when i was coming up but anyway he got started out early and uh just fell in love with it and uh as far as what i do for a living i i load trucks at ups on midnight shifts so that allows me to get out and do do my thing in springtime throughout the early mornings at least and uh yeah i just i'm excited to be on guys very cool very cool i i appreciate it man 
Kyle, for uh, the people who haven't caught up, maybe this is their first episode, man. Why don't you give yourself a little bit of an intro and a little bit about A&F? Yeah, so um, back in, I think it was 2019, I created my company, uh, Allen & Friends Custom Calls. And um, it was kind of a, it wasn't really planned. It wasn't really a planned happening. You know, I had a couple buddies that um, wanted to, they knew I made calls because I was calling competitively. And I, I got tired of buying calls at Walmart and I just figured the best way to get good is build your own and what works for you. So, you know, they knew I made calls and Hey, make me a few calls. And then my family knew that I made calls. Well, soon it kind of snowballed, you know, people were asking for calls and there was a, you know, sort of a large demand for it. And I said, well, there's a lot of money can be flying around. I better make it, make it into a business here, a legitimate business. So that's how it sort of came to be. Um, but no, I've been turkey hunting. Um, I think it's going to be 20 years this year. Um, I haven't gone a fall or excuse me, I've gone one fall without killing a turkey and I've gone no springs without killing at least one. So, I mean, I haven't counted them up, but I've got a lot of turkeys. I'm 30, I'm going to be 32 this year. So, um, I think last year, actually, coincidentally was the first year I didn't kill a spring spring bird in PA. I got one down in Tennessee, but that was my first dry spring in PA. That is wild, man. Well, Guess who just showed up? The man of the hour, old Chuckles Are himself. Are you that old, really? You're that old? Jeez, man. Makes me feel I old. Think... <laughs> 91, man. Dang. <laughs> you guys make me feel real old. <laughs> I thought, you know, I hunted with Chad for three years and thought he was 38, 39 years old. My wife yeah, said, how old is Chad? I said, I said, I think he's 39 or 40. <laughs> He's a swift 34. I won't tell, I won't tell you how old he is. Yeah, that's what I, was gonna that's say, what I thought. <laughs> I didn't want to leave any dead space there, so you actually told his real age. <laughs> hey, I've been – I think it's been – this will be my 36th spring turkey season, I guess. Wow. Wow, man. That is that is impressive. That is impressive. Wow. That's a lot of, that's lot of turkey hunting. It's, it's impressive. That is a lot of turkey hunting, man. <laughs> dang even kyle's numbers are pretty impressive i mean i i definitely didn't didn't hunt that much for turkey even when i was a kid and stuff you know it wasn't something that that was always readily available to me i don't know for whatever reason it seemed like my family and like our you know our close relatives and their friends turkey hunting was like always the biggest thing that was always the biggest thing going is, is turkey season you know everyone always got together in the fall um my dad took a week i remember when I was little, he would go up to the, you know, he went up to the camp for a week and, you know, obviously my mom, shout out to my mom for <laughs> taking us in and, and letting him go do that, you know, but, um, no, yeah. Turkey's always been the, the biggest, the biggest and, and most prestigious thing I think for, for our family and hunting in PA. Definitely. Definitely. Well, let me get Chuck caught up real quick. We basically, we went, I did a quick little intro and mm-hmm. we did, you know, just intros on them real quick. Kind of just, that's, that's kind of where we are before you came in. Just yeah, so I was looking you know at the where time. we're at in the podcast. I only missed about three minutes. Yeah, you so. didn't miss too much. If good. I didn't hit every red light on the way here, I would have been just fine, but I hit every one of them. <laughs> Count good. them all. It was about seven. I went a risky way. I figured if I got all the green lights, I'd be early. If I not, eh. <laughs> it happens. Am, right? <laughs> Either way, man, it's good. <laughs> I well, I guess the uh, the theme of the podcast is really, I mean, uh, I'm sure you've already said it, but we've been trying to get Chad on here for like two years now, man. Just scheduling's really tough, you know, with, you know, we like to record pretty late. Chad works midnights. Like, okay, that doesn't really work very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it just, it's yeah. really, really tough. But man, I, I am, uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. I know we're going to keep it more like a story-based type podcast. We're not going to grill you with, uh, you know, tips and tactics, but you know, what's nice is with these stories, I think there's going to be a lot to be learned too, because like you said, you both have a ton, a ton of turkey hunting experience. I mean, 20 plus years, 30 plus years, that's a lot of turkey experience in the woods. You get, you guys have seen just about anything and everything. And then being able to hunt together, I'm sure, you guys have probably picked up some stuff from one another as well along the way. Yeah, I, I, I swear, I I love turkey hunting with a friend because you know you you do you learn a lot and you have a different perspective. You know, it's something that you might not have thought to do. They're gonna you're gonna say let's do that, and then you know it usually works out. So that's mm-hmm. you do learn a lot from from hunting with someone. Yeah, I know Kyle always learns a lot from me. 
<laughs> Got him. He learned what not to do. <laughs> that was a decent save. That was a decent save, but we all knew what you really meant. We, we all knew. I was, nah, I, I've, I've made a ton of mistakes through the years, that's for sure. No, nah, I mean, that's, that's all. That's how you learn. That's uh, that's one thing is if you're not learning from each hunt, you know you're 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 not doing it right. You should learn successful or unsuccessful. You should you should learn something each time you're out. Yeah, yeah definitely. There's that's for sure. Probably no better way to learn than failing in the turkey woods. To be honest, that's something that's just going to be inevitable a lot of times. I mean, you the the weird part is too though. There's a lot of times you may not even do anything wrong, but you know one turkey's behavior is different than the next and if you, you still have something to learn from it and you learned what that turkey's behavior is and maybe something else will help you along the way, you know, but it's uh it is fun hunting with buddies. I agree with Kyle. I was thinking back the other day, you know, I was talking to Joe Marcello. We've had him on the podcast recently. And I was like, Hey man, I, he's a, he's a loner type hunter, man. He just loves to be out there by himself. And Austin, I know you're the same way, but man, I was telling him, I was like, I've never killed a turkey without someone else there. And I don't know what I would do if I did. I mean, I don't know how the celebration, like, what would I do? You know, it would be so awkward. I, I mean, I know, Chad, you're, you're <laughs> on your own sometimes quite a bit in your videos. Uh, when you kill one, I mean, is there just like that super different feeling afterwards? Or, you know, what do you, what, what do, you do? Like, what happens after you kill one alone? I'll be honest with you. I, I feel kind of sad. Not, not necessarily just because I'm by myself, but anytime I kill a turkey, I just... Or, you know, I'm, granted, I'm ecstatic that I killed a turkey, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it's a little bit sad to me, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to put it into words, but yeah, it's definitely a lot more fun when you're with somebody. When you could share it with somebody, one of your buddies, it's, there's nothing like it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find myself like air high five myself and being like, "Yeah, man, you did a great job." <laughs> Pick up the bird, walk you, away. You know, you know, I think that's what separates turkey hunting from a lot of other hunting. You know, quarry is where you're you're hunting a turkey with a buddy, and when you call the turkey in for your buddy and he kills it, you have the same feeling as if you pulled the trigger. Definitely. And, and anyone that's called a turkey in for anyone that's called a turkey in for someone knows exactly that feeling. It's it's like it's a game and it's a team effort. And it's, it's, no, it's no better feeling. And then, and then that's a story that you're going to have with that guy for the rest of your lives. You're mm -hmm. going to share that same, same experience, you know, over and over, just, just telling the story. Definitely. So I, I think that's a great, you know, great chance transition into a story that I would like to hear for the first bird you guys killed together. If you can, I was going to actually take it that that's great. Let's get into that. But I kind of wanted to take it back a little bit. And how did you two guys meet? Oh yeah, we didn't do that part. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, my bad. I thought you you covered that in the intro. That's a good that's a good good thought there, Austin. That's a good question. I'm, uh, I I think it was at a calling contest, right, Kyle? Yeah, it was at a calling contest. I I think it was oh, it was like in Crossfork. <laughs> it was Crossfork. Um, I think. Well, I don't think we met in Crossfork, but I, that was the first time I, I I I didn't know who Chad Clayton was until this calling contest at Crosswork. and I you know he won. He, you know, uh, long, long story short, he wins this contest. I got next to last. Um, but I, like, I was like blown away with his Yelp. Like you, and we were there with a group of buddies and there was, you know, the man, that guy's Yelp was pretty good. That guy's Yelp was pretty good. And he won. And then, um, I think it was the, at the next year I was at another contest. And then I think, uh, you know, we became friends on Facebook and then I'm, I honestly don't even know. I think you saw me get a Turkey dog. And you were talking to me about um, maybe coming up to film a, a fall turkey hunt. And I think that's sort of how you and I's hunting partnership started. Yeah, as far as hunting goes, I, I remember I remember talking to you before that somewhere. I don't remember if it was at maybe Clearfield. Were you in Clearfield that one yeah. year? Maybe. Yeah, I was in Clearfield. I don't know what year that would have been. 2014. Oh, was it 17? Honestly, I can't even remember. <laughs> Usually, yeah, guys, it might have been, been, been fourteen. It might have been fourteen. Yeah, but anyway, we got, you know, we got to talking. I guess it was online there about fall turkey hunting with dogs and how much fun that would be. And I've always wanted to get something like that on camera because it's just fascinating to me. And I don't remember what year that was. We started hunting in the fall. When did you get Lloyd, Kyle? 
I got him in, in 2018, and that was the year you. That was the first year you came up. We didn't we didn't get one on film that year, but we got you know some footage. Yeah. Um. Eight, but it was yeah, it was 18. And then and then I to to answer your question, Chuck, the first yeah. turkey that we got together, I think was that was it the fall of 19? Um. Well, I don't think Chad and I together have got one where I shoot it and he actually gets it in frame yet. My grandpa and him could do that, but not me, not me and him. That well, was the first turkey that he, he was filming the gun, the sound of the gun going off. Let's put it that way. Yeah. He had one in frame. I remember, but uh, yeah, I don't think someone connected I, with that crooked barrel. Oh, that was, that's, that's, that's happened twice. You know? <laughs> Joker. Yeah. You think you get that barrel fixed by now? I know. I know. I I, I need to straighten it out. You know, it's a little, <laughs> little crooked. That's sad. Daddy got away. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Let's hear the story on that bird that uh, that you killed. The first one that you killed together. So so the first one that that we killed together. Uh, the the dogs broke up a flock there in the fall, and um, you know, Chad was set up right over my shoulder. I had the dog between my legs. We're calling. And a bird sounded off. It just gave out like one, like I think it was like a one note yelp, you know, and it was off to the right where my buddy Dylan Mild was set up. So Chad's like, do you think I got time to go over and set up behind him? Because we thought it was going to come right into to Dylan. And and I said, yeah, go ahead. So he, he gets his tripod and his camera. He goes over there. It's set up right over Dylan. Well, wouldn't you know it, that turkey comes right up. It's probably like 40 yards just out of sight. And it goes right below him. And I think it actually starts putting on the film and then it comes out and, and stops right on the trail, right where Chad was filming right over my shoulder. And, and Chad said, he said, when it comes out by that log, you, you can shoot it. And that's right where the Turkey came out. But you know, now he's 15 yards to my right and has no, he can't even see the Turkey. Yeah, kind of placed in the other way. And yeah. Way. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, like once the Turkey's in there that close and it's, I mean, I have to shoot it now. It's, Right. It's good. <laughs> it's time. not coming back. Yeah. So and then the next the cool, next though. I mean yeah, it, it was like snow on the ground and yeah. It was a cool hunt. So I actually want to dive into I mean, that we had a little a, bit to Chad. We had a good break. The dogs had a good break. It yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. Is like are you Chad, have you hunted a lot in the fall in the past or are you mostly like a spring gobbler kind of guy? No, I I actually I I think I started out fall hunting, to be honest, because, uh, like I said, my dad was a big fall turkey hunter, you know, back in the day when he was a kid growing up. I don't think they even had a... No, they didn't have a spring. Not until the yeah. 80s, wasn't it? No, uh, I think it was like the late 60s when we finally had our first spring season. Oh, okay. Statewide, but, uh, yeah, anyway, my dad was more of a fall turkey hunter growing up, so, you know... He knew more about that than he did hunting them in the spring. But yeah, I've always fall turkey hunted. So I've always Just heard done it that as was much like, as I'd uh, like. Yeah, I've always heard that's like a thing of the past generation. Like fall turkey hunting in Pennsylvania is like this hugely like supported and and very like deep rooted heritage type hunting that I never knew about. Like I never knew that was a thing. And I've been schooled on it recently that that is a huge thing with a lot of the older generation guys. Um, and that's why I asked the question because I figured you had in the past, but this experience was obviously very different because you had a dog involved. So that's where I, it comes into like, what was your reaction to this kill? You guys are kind of new to knowing one another. You just saw the dog working. I mean, what was the celebration like after that? Oh, I mean, I can't even put into words. Just, you know, and Lloyd, his dog was, what, just a year old, right, Kyle? Yeah, so, like, that's, that's yeah, so, like, we were pretty ecstatic that we killed one because these dogs are, you know, they're still puppies, and they're doing, you know, everything that you want the dog to do. It's doing, it's sitting, like, imagine a high-strung bird dog sure. sitting between your legs while you call a turkey into 20 yards. Yeah. That's putting so, like, it lightly. The feeling of getting... You know, the feeling of getting everything to come together, it, I mean, it pumps you up. So, like, we were pretty pumped up, even though the, the, the shot wasn't on film. Like, you know, it's just like a spring hunt. And you did everything 
everything that you wanted to happen happened. And you can't and ask Kyle, for anything more. Kyle and Dylan both, they do a good job with those dogs. I mean, you can tell they've worked with them, you know, all summer and early fall before this. And I was just amazed at how how those dogs sat still. I mean, no, granted, they were still pups and a little bit fidgety. But, I mean, overall, man, them freaking dogs just, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe how they sat like that and were calm mm -hmm. as, a, as that bird was coming in. You know, Kyle's, we're all sitting there calling and, I'm sure the I'm sure the dogs were anxious, you know, and for them to just sit there like they do, it, it it's amazing. Yeah, I know Lloyd personally and I know that dog. When you say high strung bird dog, you're putting that very lightly. I mean he was Yeah, I can't even high, keep weight on him yeah. because he's yeah. High energy, high drive, like <laughs> his drive was like unreal, man. So I know you did a great job with that dog from the beginning and he he's always been a pretty solid uh, turkey dog from the get, from what I understand. I think he's his birthday is here in like ten days, but he um, he's probably got fifteen birds under his belt in those in those five years of hunting. So that's just in the fall in PA. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, we yeah. get we get a bunch of guys we get a bunch of guys that come up to the camp. You know, it's it, fall turkey season still. You know, like I'm saying, everyone takes a week vacation. So we go fall turkey hunting. That's what we like to do. Turkey hunting's our, you know, that's what we, that's our thing. Yeah, like like you said, uh, I mean, that's where it all started. That's pretty much the true tradition of turkey hunting all over the country, really. But may uh, you know, really in Pennsylvania, that's yeah. that's it's big. Definitely, definitely, Chad. I have a question for you because I I know I brought it up on the show before. We've talked to a couple guests about it, but. You know, talking to like my grandfather and like a couple of my uncles and stuff like that, they can remember back in the day in Pennsylvania when they saw their first turkey track, let alone, you know, seeing their first their first bird. Do you remember it being like that? Or I mean, was that a little bit before you? Uh, yeah, I, I kind of remember that because like it was a big deal to house. see a turkey track and a turkey. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I got started in 87. So, yeah. They were, you know, reintroduced by then, and they were starting to gain in popularity and everything with the turkeys and the turkey numbers and people in general turkey hunting back. And then, you know, those days it was starting to starting to become popular. But around the house here where I lived, uh, there there just wasn't many birds at all. Still, yeah, yet you know, and uh, we have a camp up up in the northern part of pennsylvania too and uh you know me and my family would go up there and that that would be where i'd see turkeys a lot of the times and yeah i've i was always just fascinated with them but yeah i can specifically remember seeing my first turkey up there one time and i was just i was just amazed you know just the sight of them yeah yeah i can i can remember it being like that yeah, I can I I find that like kind of interesting like hearing it because you know growing up turkeys were always around for me. It was always mm -hmm. it was never really a thing like you saw a turkey it was like oh yeah there's a turkey and, like you get excited about it but you know not even I couldn't imagine like say for instance we go back and like we didn't have white-tailed deer and then they introduced white-tailed deer and then it's like you mm -hmm. see your first one like that's just that's wild to me like it's not a thing for for me you know. That's why I find it kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like Seeing Bigfoot, you know? Yeah, really, really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your Pennsylvania mountain line. <laughs> we we didn't really have them around down in this, like, where I live is kind of at the foothills of the mountains, I guess you would say, and it's a lot of farmland, you know, and broken up woodlots and stuff, and it's good habitat for turkeys, but for whatever reason, we just didn't have them around here probably till the early 90s, I started seeing them a good bit you know and yeah it's i can remember back in the day in in the mid to late 80s and there just there just wasn't any around here yeah was the uh fall season always in either sex tag as well for turkey or did that change and kind of did, didn't it wasn't it was it ever just gobbler only in the fall i, I think it i think it might have been like way back you know maybe yeah. in the 50s or something yeah I was just I thinking it, it would make sense if they're trying to reintroduce population to do a you know a male bird only kind of thing back then. Yeah, way there, way there back. There might have been a 
there might have been a period back in the 40s or 50s maybe I, i'm not even real sure yeah. yeah i can't i can't say for certain yeah that's just all part of I, I didn't know if you ever heard those stories from you know from your grandfather or father or whoever you know throughout the years i mean like I said my family did never really turkey hunters so i i was clueless to all this stuff i'm still you know learning and hearing stories through other people that are pretty interesting and you know, I, I would have never thought, like Austin said, growing up, I never thought that it wasn't a normal thing to just see turkeys and deer everywhere. You know, that's what we grew up yeah, with. I don't, We've been I don't even think, like, back back in the early 1900s even, you know, back that far, I think that's all there was. You know, that was definitely all there was, was a fall season. And I don't mm-hmm. even think it was statewide back then, you know. Yeah. It wasn't until probably the sixth. I think it was the early 60s or somewhere in there when they finally opened up I think it was actually the late sixties when we had our first spring season. Yeah. That had to be so exciting. (laughs) I bet nobody knew we were going through a history lesson today, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of like it though, man. It's interesting to me because there's not like, I don't want to say there's not this big history with Pennsylvania, but like birds were not always around. And Mm -hmm. and then, you know, they're just, I grant they're having a little bit of a population, you know, I mean, sort of issue if you right think now, about it, in the last yeah. fifteen, last fifteen years, the whole perception of turkey hunting has has really changed. Oh yeah, I mean, it's yep. crazy popular now. I mean, you got most of the people I talk to, most of my friends, and everything. Everybody's a turkey hunter as well as a deer hunter and everything. I mean, back then, I, people didn't turkey hunt. I mean, right. not that I know, or not that I'm aware of, at least. Which is a shame. Because the shame the of it is, though, really you know, good. with all the talk about the fall seasons, the fall season gets a bad rap. Oh yeah, I don't like to see that because, like I said, that's that's where it all started, and you have to be a really good woodsman to consistently kill turkeys in the fall, especially a gobbler. You know, I mean, it's and you get yeah, to it, hear a lot of vocalization and all that stuff. People, I don't think a lot of people realize how exciting a fall hunt can be. No, definitely. I mean. Uh, you figure most people that kill fall birds, I, I mean, at least I feel like, are sitting in the deer stand, mm-hmm. or they just stumble upon them when they're squirrel <laughs> hunting or in. whatever else. You yeah. know, right? I think I think you know, there's a lot of talk, and obviously with with turkey populations, you know, the last five years not being what they were back, you know, 15 years ago. If you're gonna if you're gonna cut anything, maybe just make the tag a purchasable tag in Pennsylvania rather than come with your license. That way it'll prevent someone from, you know, an archer that's just deer hunting, you know, by happenstance, sees turkey walk by and shoot it, you know, give the tag to someone who really enjoys turkey hunting and is actually pursuing turkeys. Yeah. I would give them afford, afford them the opportunity to to still do that. Something they enjoy. Yep. I think just totally eliminate the the season. Kyle and I had a good conversation about this last weekend when we were together and I agreed fully, fully, I think, what Pennsylvania did with their pheasant stamp and they were able to raise additional funds with that pheasant stamp to increase in habitat and, you know, bring more birds in and whatever, you know, why couldn't they do the same thing with Turkey? I mean, really, if you start to raise more funds, you know, bump up, even if you bumped up a little bit, the spring tag, whatever, but if you made people buy that fall tag, you know, that's just, extra revenue gain that we could put towards habitat which is probably the number one cause of where our turkey numbers are going to begin with um is habitat and the last the loss of habitat so i think it's a great idea rather than just saying hey 1a guess what you no longer (laughs) have a fall turkey season like what a joke you know a shotgun three-day season around thanksgiving you know that's kind of unfair but you know, in a way, I see where they're trying to help, but also, you know, you're just taking away opportunity for people that actually really do enjoy it and really want to get after it that, you know, I've had some of my best hunts in the fall. And like you were saying, Chad, the vocalization, I've heard my first ever hen fights in fighting purrs and all of these insane vocalizations that I've never heard before just a couple of years ago in the fall. Um, it, you know, you, you, you get hear, to hear it all, you get to hear it all. Absolutely. Even the down to gobbling and everything else. And it's exciting. You know, we, my buddy and I, we got on nine long beards all, all together the one year. Like, when would you ever see that? You know, any other time of the year where you're hunting and you have nine long beards together, you know, right. 
I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, and you think about it. If you break up a flock of longbeards, you're killing a turkey that's not influenced by hormones. These turkeys are just purely trying to survive. Mm. So when you kill a gobbler in the fall, you know, you like yeah, Chad said, you use some you use some woodsmanship to kill that turkey. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, we'll get off all that stuff and uh, <laughs> get back on page here. <laughs> but I mean, it's all good conversation to be had, you know. And somebody, somebody out there probably should be putting that forward in the right ears of uh, different conservation groups to start talking to the game commission and, and coming up with a better plan because it tends, it looks like it's at least starting to trend towards no fall season. And I, you know, they're already limiting it and whatnot. And, uh, you know, as much as I'm a spring gobbler hunter, I, I don't want to see that. I really don't. So, yeah. All right. So did you guys ever get an actual kill on film? No, just your, your grandfather together. Yeah. My grandpa's the only one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one that can, He's the only one patient enough to wait until Chad tells him it's in, in frame. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I will actually want to hear that, that story. Cause I know, I mean, I know he's killed what a couple at least together um, with you, Chad, but who, who called in the bird for your grandfather? Was it you Kyle or was it Chad? Yeah. Kyle uh, yeah. Was back behind us float calling. It was okay. pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. Both times, actually, we did the same exact strategy. We'll paint the picture for us. So the first, the first time, um, it was mid morning, wasn't it, Chad? It was like, I want to say like eight thirty, nine o'clock. And we heard a bird, we heard one bird and we were trying to set up on it. And then another bird was just gobbling on its own. We set up sort of in between them and, uh, it just kept, you know, back and forth. It, it, it would come this way, gobble, go back, you know, another 60 yards this way, gobble. And we just kept playing the same old game. Until it's sort of just turkey, though. Leading up to this, correct me if I'm wrong, Kyle. That your your grandpa was on this bird, what like a day before or something, right? Yeah, the day the day prior, my my buddy Dylan called the bird in for him. Well, Grandpa, actually, let me back up. Grandpa was in there all morning and and couldn't get the bird to come in, and my buddy had already got a bird and saw him parked there so he walked down in there and he saw my grandpa so he walked over to him and said yeah i can't get it to come in so dylan set up there and called with him and the bird came in at like 10 or 15 yards and he came in i think to my grandpa's right or something he had to you know it was a bad bad situation he tried to swing on it and shoot and he missed and you know he was he was pissed that he missed it so the next morning we go back you know that same spot it had to have been the same turkey <laughs> and uh, you know, like I, it was, like I said, it was walking away and we, we started to make a move on it. And I told Chad, I said, well, let me just hang back and you guys, I'll keep a gobble and you guys try to get in its little bubble. Cause you know, like when you get in close to a Turkey, even if it doesn't want to come in and if you're in a certain range, it's going to come in for a peak, Definitely. you know? And that's yeah. sort of, I think when Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, once you got up near it, you started calling right at the first one and then it, it walked over and. Grandpa put it like a 30 yard shot on it. Yeah, that was pretty awesome because, uh, you know, being Kyle's grandpa, he's 80 years old at the time. And that's not something you get to do every, especially get on film every day, you know? Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Real cool. If I remember correctly too, he showed a lot of patience in some of them hunts as well. Correct. Your grandpa. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, and honestly, you know, hunting with him over the years, I didn't expect him to take to this filming as well as he did. I thought he would be, you know, I just want to let's just get it and let's go. But he he really he was he's really been a showman, so to speak, with the, with the video. <laughs> I think this year actually, when he killed the one this year, the very first thing he said, "Did you get it?" He said that to Chad, like, "Did you get it on film?" <laughs> yeah, he was. He's really patient yeah Make sure i waited you know he waited till i got on on it with the camera and everything he was he was adamant about getting it on film this year for sure that's yeah. awesome he's a killer man is he down chad is he down <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine nah, but he, i mean he is really patient you can i mean you could tell he's been doing this a long time just by watching him sit there you know like i was i was actually kind of amazed at at the way he sits there you know, Kyle's 50, 60, 70, sometimes 70, 80 yards behind us, you know, at points moving around and calling. And, 
you know, you can hear this bird responding to him out in front of us, just out of sight. You know, we were on a big top in there. It was wide open. We could see a good ways, but a turkey's 70, 80 yards out in front of us, you know, and he's kind of, you know, a lot of people would have their gun up on their knee and down in their gun and kind of tracking the bird as it's coming, as he's gobbling. But his grandpa would sit there and stay still, you know, like most people would not. <laughs> and he he's sitting there, you know, I was always taught growing up to sit with your left shoulder, you know, being a right-handed shooter to sit with your left shoulder facing the bird. But I noticed he wasn't doing that. And I didn't, you know, I didn't say nothing because he's been doing it a lot longer than me. And he's sitting there with his back to the tree, kind of square to the to the bird, you know, and he's got his gun in his lap. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after everything went down, you know, we, we eventually killed the turkeys. I look back at that, especially once I, you know, got back home in the summertime and started going through some of the footage. And I was thinking to myself, you know, that's, that's probably not a bad idea. Because yeah. I can't tell you how many times through the years that I've sat there on pins and needles waiting for that turkey to show up. And then it turns out to be 15 minutes and I got my gun up and I'm sitting there shaking like a leaf because mm -hmm. I can't hold my gun up anymore. And there he is sitting calm as a cucumber with his back to the tree, just with his legs sprawled out, just as comfortable as can be he could probably fall asleep any minute <laughs> <laughs> and then when that already. turkey gets to yeah then when that turkey gets to the point where he knows you know it's it's gonna see you if you move mm -hmm. then he gets his gun up and then he's ready you know and it it, it did it kind of amazed me at, at the way he approached that you know you don't see a lot of people set up on a bird like that right yeah no, that's definitely. But yeah, uh, he's really patient. It seems like he's kind of got the secret sauce figured out. I mean, honestly, yeah, because think about how many times you have to reposition, and then if you have your gun on your knee, you're, you're you know, your right leg's going numb. That's what I was just thinking <laughs> about. <laughs> like, right. Your left right. knee's in pain because the that's, gun's that's sitting on it. That's another thing I was going to say. He would sit there, and, you know, how you, the normal average person would sit there with the gun up on the knee and tracking a turkey, like mm -hmm. I said, with your gun barrel. He would, uh, if that turkey would say he was over to your right a little bit the last time he gobbled, then he gobbles again, and he's maybe out in front of you or off to your left a little bit, he would just shift his butt, you know, Stay and he would just square. turn around the tree with him, you huh. know. See him? I That's mean, impressive. he ever teach you that, Kyle? <laughs> uh, I mean, no, he's never really put it into words. And, and, you know, I really never had footage to look at it and, and study the way he did it. No, and, no I guess he never secret. really did. Yeah, untold secret. Nice observation there, Chad. Wow. Then, if, then if you watch, if you watch the footage from this year when he killed that turkey with us, that turkey was off to our left. Uh, he he had his gun in his lap still, and this turkey was, I mean he he popped up on us pretty quick, kind of surprised us. But he he we could hear him gobble over here. He couldn't have been 50, 60 yards at the most when he gobbled there. And surprised us but anyway he had his gun in his lap like normal and uh you know he was i mean just as cool as a cucumber like i said and he just waits that turkey's over there for minutes and minutes just spitting and drumming we could well he could see him strutting i couldn't see him because of the tree that i was against but when that turkey started coming like piles back behind us and kind of veered him to our right out in front of us a little bit and you know, he was just patient. And when that turkey got to a, to a point where he got behind a tree and he got a tree on us, he just yanked his gun up real quick and got on him and just no easy peasy, no problem. Wow. I yeah. almost wonder how many people miss birds because they've been holding their gun. So, and I, I'll have an example right. of that actually, how long they hold that gun up and how their arms get tired. So then whenever you go to pull this, the trigger, your front arm drops and you shoot under the bird or you know, whatever. I know a friend of mine, his first ever turkey hunt out of a crown blind, and he held that gun up for like 10 minutes straight. He 100% swung and missed on that bird bad by the time he finally got a <laughs> shot, you know, and that was probably my fault. I didn't have the shooting stick for him. That, that was on me. But, you know, I honestly, I, 
I think you're onto something here. That is something that maybe he was taught. Maybe he just learned over the years, but regardless that it seems to work like you're saying, and it look, it sounds like a, a pretty solid idea or solid. It's, uh, it's something that stuck out to me as soon as I, you know, came back and was watching the footage. I mean, I, I noticed it right away sitting in the woods mm-hmm. with him, but when I, came back and looked at the footage i was like wow i I never get did get a chance to talk to him about that but i'm i'm sure he's he's probably learned that through the years you know i mean he's been doing it a long time right yeah he's been hunting fall turkeys he has a one on a um it's a big big gobbler from up there at the camp and it's it's got a huge it's got a paintbrush on it i think it's like from 1978 i want to say it's got it's on the plaque and everything, but it's you know I know he's been hunting for a long time, and that's yeah. not just one spring season a year. That's you know every year there's two seasons of turkey knowledge, you know. So he's he's got some he's got a PhD in turkey hunting, I'd say. <laughs> that's super awesome. That's awesome. Now, I, sorry, Austin. Go ahead, buddy. We uh we tease it a couple times how you guys probably learn from one another and maybe learn from him, but you know I kind of want to go into maybe what each of you learn from one another hunting together. If you could pick out one thing that stands out right off the top of your head. For me, Kyle is very aggressive. Okay. And that's, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's, it's mm-hmm. a good thing, but he's a lot more aggressive than I was expecting. And that's, that's the way I like to hunt, to be honest. So me and him kind of mesh together pretty good. I love, I love moving on turkeys like that and, you know, juking and jiving and getting in the right position. And, man, we we have some fun when we're hunting together. Yeah. I mean, that's, on top of- that's one thing I learned about him is right away is he's, he's, he's pretty aggressive. That was something my dad always taught me was the, the closest you can get to a turkey without bumping it. You're the more you're creating your odds of killing it. You know, you get you get within 100 yards of that turkey, your odds go up exponentially you know if you get it within 60 yards of that turkey you're almost guaranteed to see the turkey you know you're going to get it to come in for a peak you know so that's the way i've always hunted use use your woodsmanship to your advantage definitely well, especially Kyle. before making a turkey call if you're able to do that you know that's yeah it's yeah big yep well kyle but I, what, what do you got what i what i've what i've learned from chad um he goes out and he'll try to pull the gobbler in. He'll he'll go out to a spot, and he he does this a lot in his film. Is he'll go out and he'll he'll make a call, and he'll try to have that turkey come to a specific spot that he wants. And if you know anything about calling the turkeys, they always know exactly where you call from. They'll go to that exact spot, and he, that's something I've never really done. But he'll go out and he'll he'll go thirty yards from a setup and try to get that turkey to come right where he needs to. And I don't know if that was from Phil and Chad that you needed that. Yeah, that was great. You wanted that turkey to come to that. That was probably where you were going to get the best footage. And yeah, yeah, you get the best footage, you get the best shot. It's, it's, it's complete kind of changes the game. But, yeah, I, I do that a lot with a camera for sure. Yeah. That's funny. That's, that's yeah, something. that's one big thing. Hunt with a camera is yeah. like that's a total change up because – you know, normally when you're hunting, you can just go and, you know, I can hurry up and get in there and get close and sit down, you know, within 60 yards of this turkey and here we go. Well, now you got to think, I got a guy with me who's got to set up a tripod, get the camera on the tripod and then get his, you know, camo covering over. You got to, you have to adapt to, to the situation you're in, you know? Right. So that's, and it adds a challenge and, it, and it's fun getting, you know, filming your hunt and getting it all to come together. That's it's it adds a lot of excitement. I would say filming, sure. especially in the big woods, is extremely difficult, and I have noticed that as well on Chad's videos. How he will go to an area and call um, just to try to bring a, a bird into that spot. I know that's something that listening to you on Fistful of Dirt with Cuz, he noticed that as well. Um, he picked up on that, and you know, I always thought it was more there's an obstacle here or whatnot. I need a bird to come this way not always realizing it was for the camera kind of more thinking this is the the most like likely path of travel this bird's going to take for me to kill him kind of thing you know as far as good setups go uh kind of and i'm sure that plays a part in that as well chad 
Luke, right. well, yeah, hey, yeah, can you I, can, you can definitely use it for that, for sure. Right. I mean, go ahead, Kyle. Well, what I was going to say, here's what I took from it is, you know, we're, we're the only setup that we're going to have good camera footage is in, you know, let's say this open timber that we're in here. Mm -hmm. But if we go up another, another 50 yards and try to get closer to the turkey, you know, we can call them up through some, you know, some sort of thick stuff and still kill it, but we're not going to get good footage. You know, but he's trying to get within the proximity of this turkey to, you know, hey, I want you to come here, and then from here I'm going to bring you to here. Right. You know, and especially on a hung-up turkey where if, if I'm 100 yards from this turkey, he's probably not going to come in. But if I get 50 yards from this turkey, you know, maybe he'll cut the distance 50 yards and come to this spot. Okay, and now he's already this 50 yards. If I make a call from here, he might come over here another 50 yards. Right. So I, that's the way I looked at it was not necessarily – you know, get it to come right in right away, but you're going to drag it along a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah you, you definitely have to be patient. You have to look, be yeah. a little more patient when it comes to that, but yep, it definitely works. <laughs> I mean, I've had it time and time again where they, <laughs> they just show up. It's amazing. Yep. They can pinpoint it. Yeah. That's what's so crazy to me, man. The fact that they, I mean, obviously they hear you calling from way off, but it's almost, I kind of relate it back to like deer hunting when you're, when you're calling and you're grunting, they know exactly what tree you're calling from, you know, turkeys, they do, they just pinpoint on you and they come right in. It's just, it's wild how they react to that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that I came up with, you know, I've learned that years ago from Galvis and it's something he came up with working with a camera and that's, you know, he was a huge influence on me. So I've just used it throughout the years, and I, I can't even tell you how many times it's worked for me. Definitely, definitely. Well, Chad, you mentioned a little while ago that you and Kyle, you both have like a kind of a similar style of hunting, and that's like being a little bit more aggressive. Can you kind of go into, you know, what maybe your setup is for that? Because I can, I can think back a lot of guys that want to be aggressive and they want to do the you know, the run and gun hunting, they typically like to be a little bit more lean and mean on their, on their gear and whatnot. I know you're toting around a camera and everything else. What's your setup kind of look like? Yeah, I, I try to carry the least amount as possible because of, you know, as far as calls and anything in my vest, because most of the stuff you might see me on these videos and it, I am carrying a lot, but it's mostly camera gear, you know, extra batteries and everything I need for my camera. But as far as hunting gear you know i'll just carry a handful of mouth yelpers and a little like a snuff can and i really don't carry a lot of calls i have a crow call and uh occasionally i'll have a pot call on me and that's really about it if it's if it's really windy i'm like i usually have a box call with me in the truck i don't always carry it around with me but yeah i i try to carry the least amount as possible. I always have food and a little bit of water too with me, depending on where I'm hunting, you know, but a lot of times if you're jumping around and covering a lot of ground in a truck, you know, I'll just leave that stuff in the truck. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Right. Yeah. I always get kind of curious about that. What, what kind of guys kind of carry? I like that you go a little bit leaner and meaner and it seems to work, man. I like it mm -hmm. for sure. Well, if you guys are starting to watch Chad's videos now, um, he's carrying a lot around a lot lighter camera equipment too. He I, he he said, "Here, grab this tripod a second. and that thing probably weighed twenty pounds. Oh, that old yeah, that stuff. I don't, I don't, stuff? Maybe, I don't goodness, know how. Dude. Maybe maybe it was fifteen pounds, but it was you know, it's cool. not like it's just. It's not like it's. I can see why he doesn't want to carry around a lot of calls. <laughs> yeah, it, it was heavy. That old tripod yeah. I had was. I never did weigh it, but it was heavy. It was a monster. I remember this. A few years back, those videos you were carrying around, it looked like you had three guns tied together as your tripod. <laughs> it was insane, man. <laughs> it's like this guy's this just using manufactured using rifles. <laughs> yeah. This one I'm using now is not a whole lot smaller in size, but it's, it's, it's all carbon fiber, so it's right. a lot lighter. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. I know you like to get a little bigger. I, well, I assume you, you have a little bigger tripod because I see a lot of times you set it up a little bit higher because of, you know, foliage or whatever. You got to get above some of that stuff to get a good shot a lot of times, which is what's probably the most difficult about turkey hunting is a lot of times, you know, you're trying to get the shot, but 
at the same time, you know, if you're filming someone else or yourself filming specifically, you know, you kind of got to get it on that same plane as your eyesight, which makes it difficult to film because a camera, I mean, the easiest is when it's low in your lap, you know, but a lot of times you can't see the same thing your eyes can. And that makes it very difficult. But I've noticed in your videos that you like to have that camera up high and, and cover it up with the full covering. And, and am I right on that? Yeah, I usually try to keep it eye level or even mm-hmm. even a little bit above just to see over top of stuff. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I know from a little bit of filming, that that is very difficult to do. Um, it, it's Ch- tough. Chad, Chad, there's been a couple times just in our hunts where the bird is visible on your camera, but it wasn't necessarily to maybe you or I, you know, when we were actually hunting. So that's it, just having it up a little bit higher can give you so much more visibility. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, like Chad was saying, a lot of times when guys are ready and getting you slouch down and you almost sink down into the tree, into your knee, and you're so much lower at that point as the shooter. And if he's filming over your shoulder, yeah, for sure. He can definitely see the bird earlier uh, than you can. And it, it definitely plays a part in, as an advantage because now, you know, he can be communicating to you as a shooter what the bird's doing, where he's at, you know, before you ever even see it. So there's advantages yep. to it too, but also at the same sense, it, it makes a good a good film for everyone else to enjoy. Um, and I think Chad, you yeah. do a great job with your films. Yeah. I appreciate it. It's, it's something that you definitely have to do when you're by yourself, you know, but I know, I noticed last year when me and Kyle were hunting together and we were doing a lot of walking some of those days, you know, I, I think he sent me a thing where we covered almost 10 miles to one day and there were times where I, I left that thing in the truck. And I will say with this, smaller lightweight camera that i have now it, it wasn't such a big issue you know if i'm filming someone else and we're being as mobile and like i said aggressive as we were it it was kind of nice not having a tripod it made made the setup time a lot quicker and you know there's there's definitely pros and cons of carrying a tripod yeah yeah definitely um definitely i mean you don't you get the flinch when, you, when the gun goes yep. up Yep, right. you get that's better quality thing. film for sure. Yeah. You're not shaking, you're not flinching when somebody shoots. The tripod, I think, for turkey hunting, that's the only way to go if you're going to film it. I've tried both, and it's definitely uh, definitely way better with the tripod for sure. That's a good point, Kyle, with the flinch, because you see that all the time. Yeah. All right, we still got to get a, a, get a, get a good fall hunt together one of these days on camera. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know, if you need any volunteers to come help um, – you know, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll be available. <laughs> well, 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 Chuck, didn't you, didn't you say you had a, you had a lot of properties with a bunch of flocks in the fall? I, I don't know. We could probably get a good flock to hunt. Did I say that? I thought that's what you said. Out loud to a turkey killer like you? Did I make that mistake? <laughs> <laughs> we actually do. We have some good spots with fall birds, for sure. They're smaller properties, but, you know, even up to Big Woods, up near your camp, near my camp, um, we see them quite often up there they they pretty much stay around the same areas they are in the in the spring just bigger flocks so definitely yeah, something we could try. i noticed i always see them all summer and then it's like once once it gets to be about like october 20th they're all gone yeah. and i don't know where they go but it's like you'll see you'll see flocks all along the roads and then as soon as the grass dies along the roads probably from the bugs and they're you know they're they've moved on right Definitely, definitely. Well, we probably have a couple more time for a couple more stories. I I can take we could take this one of two ways. We could do like best hunts, hardest hunts, or we could go the complete opposite and do major blunders. I know uh, Chad teased that at the beginning that you know we've made a lot of mistakes on the way, but I'll leave it up to you guys. Whatever you want to do, I want a story out of each of you. Whether it's your best hunt, your hardest turkey you ever killed or a major, major blunder. If any of those three stick out, <laughs> I would love to hear some stories on it. Maybe we should go with best hunt, and if we have time, biggest blunder. Okay. I'm down with that. Who wants to kick it off? Go ahead, Chad. Uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> best hunt. I don't even know if I could pick up best hunt. Uh, Do you have a favorite? Favorite, best, hardest bird, uh, one that's would, really I'll, beat I'll you up. This. I'm probably a little different than a lot of guys. Some of my favorite stuff to look back on as far as footage that I have is not even a kill. 
Some That's of my fair. favorite stuff is going back and looking at this hen. I'm fascinated with hens and hen talk, you know. That guy, I, I couldn't care less if I kill a gobbler every year. I, it makes my day to call up a talkative hen and get it on film. Mm-hmm. And some of the some of the hen footage that I've got through the years is some of my favorite stuff to, to look back on. I, I will say that. Now, can I, mean, I I've ask? I've got some, some unbelievable hen talk. Yeah. through the years it's that's what makes my season chad have you ever I, you heard know, one I, gobble I change that a hen have you ever heard a, a hen? hen gobble yeah how yeah, cool that's, that's, is was, that yeah it's pretty awesome <laughs> i heard that last year to, first time ever man. Been lucky enough to capture that on camera really two or three times now oh. yeah dude that is the yeah, most there's, there's, ridiculous thing ever yeah it's pretty neat it seems like you know i don't know what makes them do that but it's I, I feel like it has something to do with uh just you know their excitement level burst mm-hmm. off and they can't find the turkey that it's doing all the calling and something like a dominance thing or something i i don't know what makes them do that but it's it's pretty neat i had to ask that in the middle but i still wanted to know if you had a story for us for one of your favorites maybe even your favorite hand vocalization that you've that you've ever captured yeah, I was going to say probably one of those goblin hens that I got on film. I, I, I called this one hen in. I don't remember what year it was, probably 2015 or 16. I was with a buddy hunting public land up on the mountain and uh, fired this hen up. And long story short, she came storming in, you know, and just yelping like crazy and searching for me. I got quiet right before she got into view you know and then she had to like look around trying to find this hen that she heard and that's when she started gobbling and it was awesome i mean she she was yelping and cutting and she actually passed us up i I just shut up and let her walk on by and then she walked behind us fell down off the ridge top and got out of sight and she was still within probably 60 70 yards just out of sight from us up on the top and i I just jumped up. My buddy thought I was nuts because I jumped up out from underneath my camo cover there, you know, with my camera. And I took off just on a dead sprint out in front of him about 50 yards. And I ran out there and I started yelping and cutting back to her. And she just came right back at me and <laughs> came storming back up over the hill just, just as I got back to my camera and got covered up. And she started searching again and gobbling and I, I just was able to capture it all on camera and it was probably one of my favorite pieces of footage that i've been lucky enough to capture through the years yeah that's freaking wild, that's, it's man. incredible until you've experienced it i never knew it was even a thing and until you've experienced it, it's unbelievable and we have one one property i hunt i've hunted the last two springs and there's one hen on that property that is the most like the meanest most boss ass hen you could ever imagine i mean every time if you put out a hen decoy it will beat it until it is on the ground and it'll continue to beat it up i mean it she is the meanest most talkative hen i had her last year flying across this ravine over to me like she jumped up on this big down tree and she's just screaming at me and i'm screaming back at her and she flew like 10 feet away and landed right next to us. And she's just running in circles back and forth, just screaming, trying to find me. And I was hiding in this blind. I was, I was cheating. I was in a blind, but uh, <laughs> I can't remember who I was with. I, I was with one of our buddies, a newer hunter, and I was <laughs> trying to get him on a bird. And man, that, that hen was so fired up at every year, man. She just never stops. She's the same one every time. And she's, actually gotten some birds killed in their day because she is that boss ass hen, but man, is it fun? I, I, you know, Chad, I would have never thought anybody would come up with a hen story for their favorite, but to be honest, (laughs) man, they probably give you more of a show than a gobbler does a lot of times. It's not just that either. I mean, you, you can learn so much. I mean, if you look at it, we're, that's what we're all trying to be, you know, when we're out there trying to draw a gobbler in. So that's the best way to learn. 100%. I still have one hen in mind that I've tried to mimic since, like, for the last three years that I just love the way she sounded. I've always tried to sound like her. So I, I see where you're coming from. But, but I, you know, 
I will say this. Uh, I even told Kyle this after afterwards when when uh, when his grandpa killed that first one with me a few years ago. That it really was a special hunt because you know it was the first. I think it was the first time Kyle was able to call one in for his grandpa, right? Yeah, it was. Oh, well, I called one. I helped him call one in when I was thirteen. But that was yeah, that was one of the first ones I had called in for him. Right, yeah, just sat back behind you. It, it really was a special hunt just to get on camera. I, I will say that, like that, that makes my season to go out and film someone like that. You know, that that was probably my another. You know, as far as a a hunt. Well, yeah, I mean, kill. not too many people get to get to hunt. With, I mean, how many how many thirty year olds get to hunt with your eighty year old grandpa? Right. Yeah. yeah. Not many. No, definitely. Especially on pop, like in the public land of the you know the mountains, public land. You you know he's in good shape. He can get around. It's it's fun. Kyle, you're up. Spotlight yeah, on that's, you. That's probably one of my favorite favorite yeah. hunts. Yeah. Oh man, fun. My my most favorite hunt. I don't know if I can draw just just on one, but I know there's so like when I was talking about turkey hunting, being with your buddies, with your friends, with your family. There was a good day that uh, my best friend Dylan and I had. We uh, I needed to kill a spring gobbler for my, for my uh, I think it was my second PA Grand Slam, and it was like May nineteenth, and I hadn't got a spring gobbler yet. And I said, "Hey, you want to ride up to the mountains in the morning?" He goes, "Oh, I got to work or do something. I I'll meet you up there." So him and I said we were where we were going to go, and he's got this big loud diesel, and I'm sitting at the parking lot waiting, and I don't hear him. I don't hear him. I'm like, "Well." It's, you know, we said, we're going to meet here at this time. And if you're not here, I'm going to head back. Well, I can hear this thing coming from like two miles away. <laughs> so I did and he pulls in and we, we head back the, the road and we get back in there to where, about where we thought it would be. And yeah, lo and behold, it, there it is. And he set up a little bit behind me calling and I'm calling and bird comes up and I kill it. You know, we're celebrating, you know, we're, we're walking out and there's another bird goblin. So I'm like, well, I hid my bird behind a log and we went after this bird. And uh, it turns out he misses it. You know, it came down the road, uh, this gas well road, and it saw him along the road and he shot at it. And it was a little too far by the time he, it spotted him, so it flew off. And I was like, man, you really screwed that up. We could have had two turkeys. <laughs> you know, so we're walking out and. I'm busting his chops. So I'm like, you know, he's like, where are we going to go now? I'm like, well, I got a spot in mind. Let's go over here. So we go over to this other spot and this guy is at the parking lot. I'm like, dang it. You know, this guy's already hunting here. And here it turns out he was, he was leaving. He goes, well, good luck boys. I said, okay. <laughs> so we go back in and we weren't back in there five minutes and Dylan killed this Turkey. <laughs> this guy must've been walking out of the woods calling and the turkey was following him, and I don't think the guy could hear the thing gobbling. <laughs> and we get halfway down the trail, and the turkey's coming our way, so we set up, and it wasn't – I swear to God, it was five minutes, and, and Dylan killed this turkey. It, <laughs> it was it was like – I was like, man, that happened so quick. And then we, we ended up finding my grandpa. We hunted the rest of the day with him, but he, we didn't get anything. But, you know, just – you know, we had a plan to go up to the camp. We didn't even stay at the camp. We just drove up in the morning and, you know – for us both to, to kill a bird was, that was a fun day. I will always remember that. That's awesome, man. That's a great story. Very, very cool. Yeah, yep. definitely. I think my favorite story, I never, that we never killed the bird either. Actually, I was with uh, Bud, Kyle. It was oh, me. okay. Yeah, it was me, Bud, and a, another friend, and we were up in the big woods, and we ended up calling in uh, two gobblers together and one big gobbler on the other side, and it was me and a hen going back and forth back and forth and these three birds were coming in two were together and then the bigger one was by himself and they just they were screaming the whole time every time we'd call and me and the hen are just going literally just duke for duke and she would cut i would cut she would cut i would cut and these birds non-stop the whole time just pop the whole way in and bud wanted uh bud was on the gun but he wanted the bird to get across to where we could double because the two came in together and they yeah. must have came in and saw they must have met up with that big boss tom 
and he was either going to kick their butt or he ran them off. And he thought we spooked the birds, but he was waiting for them to get across so I could see them. I was on the right side of the tree. He was on the left side of the tree. The birds never came across to where I could see them. And uh, they start running back the other direction. He thought that, you know, I spooked them. Meanwhile, afterwards, we come to find out that other bird just ran them off. And uh, he jumps up real fast, shoots at them, misses. They go running off. I jump up. I look, and there's the big Tom with that hen that we were going back and forth with right in front of us. Probably, (laughs) I don't even know how far. I couldn't even tell you. I go to shoot. We're on this real steep hillside right at the base of the hill, like where it flats at the very top. I go to shoot. I slip and fall, shoot straight up in the air. Like it was the just the funniest chain of events ever. We both missed. Neither of us got a bird, but that like 10 minutes of extreme intensity where three birds are gobbling the entire time, every time you're making any noise was like beyond believable. It was one of my favorite hunts because I got to talk to not only a hen, I got to battle her and I got to call in three long beards. Like that was, it doesn't get any better than that, man. Yep. It was so much fun. So much fun. Well, oh. When you can battle it out with a hen like that, those hunts, to me, that those are the funnest mm-hmm. hunts, I swear. Those <laughs> totally hens agree. just add so much to it. I love, I love hens. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, man. I can think of a time that me and Anthony were hunting together. And uh, we had roosted a bird the night before and we got in there and I think maybe something had spooked the bird in the middle of the night or, or whatnot, because it wasn't where we had roosted it the night before. And uh, these hens started, started off in the morning and they were completely opposite from where we thought they were also. So I thought it was another hunter and we just kind of, I was like, I'm going to mess with this guy. And we started going back and forth and back and forth. Next thing you know, these hens come in. And I was like, oh, that's not another hunter. Those are hens. We battled back and forth for a while. He thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It was just, it was wild, man. We It was so, it, it, it lasted so long. We just mm-hmm. kept going back and forth and back and forth. It was pretty wild, man. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> well, what do you think, Austin? We probably uh, ought to wrap this up before we get hit by this tornado. Yeah, we got this big, come through. we got this big storm coming in, but I also want to be, uh, I want to be very you know, good with your time and whatnot. We, we appreciate you coming on, Chad. We appreciate you coming on, Kyle. Uh, Do you guys want to go ahead and maybe throw out where people can find you, whether it be social media or YouTube or, or any of that fun stuff? Go ahead, Kyle. Uh, You can find uh, me on uh, Instagram at ANF custom calls or uh, Facebook. Same thing. ANF custom calls, Alan and friends, custom calls. Yeah. I'm just, Chad, or uh, I'm Clayton Outdoors on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Very cool. Very cool. I'll link all that stuff in the description. And I do. I appreciate you guys coming on Thank and taking you. time out of your night, man. This has been this has been awesome. Yeah, if you guys don't know it, that well, is a great, great YouTube channel that Chad has at Claycomb Outdoors. Go check him out. And you guys all have heard us talk about AF. You know how we feel about his calls. So Oh yeah, I had a buddy order a pack off him today. Yeah, Kyle makes the best calls in the business. So <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Yep. Appreciate you guys.